Good evening and welcome back to Empowerment of Faith Kingdom Center for Ambassadors Prayer School. I am Elder Tori Anderson and I am excited to be able to be back to continue to share more kingdom concepts on prayer. Um, before we get started, just want to take a moment to encourage, remind you guys to um, uh, like and share this video. And if you have not already, be sure to subscribe to our channel so that you can not only receive every teaching on prayer school, but you can also be notified of every time we go live. There is content going up uh, uh, daily now, so I would definitely encourage you guys to tune in and um, just get attached to the kingdom message. And just, um, yeah, there's just so much so much knowledge that is on our YouTube channel, so I definitely recommend that you guys just go ahead and tune in. And if you're going to go down the rabbit hole, might as well go down the rabbit hole and get some kingdom knowledge, right? Okay, so like I said, we are in prayer school and I will be continuing talking about attitude. All right, so let me get my slides right on up. I'm going to continue in chat. I'm going to continue talking about attitude. And so a couple of weeks back, uh, we did, we talked about attitude. We talked about just what attitude is and how our attitude can affect how we approach prayer. So we're going to continue in that uh, same vein. But before we get started, one thing that I want to briefly do is I want to just briefly review the word prayer. And if we look at the word prayer, it's pala in the Hebrew. And there's already been an extended teaching on this. But like I said, I just want to do a brief reminder. And so what is prayer? Uh, prayer, we are in covenant with Elohim to speak the word of the Father on heaven and earth. And so one thing that we have to make sure that we understand um, about prayer is that it's a covenant. As ambassadors, we have a as ambassadors, we are in the position to be in covenant with the Father. So we speak his word back to him. We pray the word back to him. See, when it comes to prayer, we're not just out here making things up or saying what we feel or, you know, there have been so many misconceptions that have been taught about what prayer is. But that, in reality, that's not what prayer is. Prayer is being in covenant with the Father, speaking the word back to him, uh, petitioning the kingdom of heaven to move on our behalf because one thing that we have to understand is that we have we have dominion here in the earth um, because of Yeshua because he he died and he restored us to to our um, to our original spot of righteousness but, and, and gave us access to the kingdom of heaven but he gave us that dominion back and we get things done in the earth because we because that dominion has been restored but we also use it through we get things done through prayer so I want to look at this word just for a minute. And the first is spelled Tav Hey Lamed Hey. And so prayer is something that's already established. You know, we speak the word according to the Father. We are according to the um the uh we speak, we speak according to the Father's will. You know, we're like I said, we're not out here making things up. Um we uh, have the authority to pray, you know, we are in a position to pray and get things done. But also when we when we pray, we're revealing 
what's in heaven on the earth, you know? So a lot, and we talked about that prayer is prophesying. Only thing that we're doing when we're praying, we're reminding the father of his word. And it's not that the father has forgotten, but the father can only move according to his word. And as ambassadors, you know, we have to make sure that we know his word, that we're living out his word in our lives so that we can be effective in the earth when it comes to the area of prayer. So I really just wanted to briefly just um, reminder, just give us a reminder of what prayer is, you know, so that we can constantly make an exchange in our belief system, making sure that we are uprooting these misconceptions, these religious concepts of prayer and actually praying according to the way that the Father has already established. And that's one thing that is so amazing about prayer is that we don't have to add to prayer. We don't have to make anything up. All we do as ambassadors, we learn the word, we apply it, and we live it out. All right, so let's go on. Let's keep on moving in our notes, and I'm going to slow down, okay? And so our next note is just what, like we said, I wanted to, uh, our next note is just, just the name and a few things that prayer does. So prayer is strategic, it's focused, it's purposeful, it's so necessary, it's so necessary it provides protection. Prayer is prophesying because prophesying is just repeating the word. That's what prophets do. They just repeat the word. And so when we pray, that's what we're doing. And lastly, prayer is for you. Okay, so we are going to keep moving. All right, so I want to talk about this courtroom analogy. And if you've been following prayer school, you know, you've heard many, myself and other elders who have used prayer as a courtroom analogy. And so I really wanted to dig into a courtroom and let's get an understanding of this analogy. So our first point here is a courtroom is an enclosed place in which court of law are held uh, in front of a judge. Okay, so let's talk about that. So many times when we said that, you know, that when we petition the kingdom of heaven that the father is the judge, yes, he is. And so when we think about a courtroom, you know, this courtroom, it has its own culture. It has its own way of doing things. So if you, let's say you got a speeding ticket or you were going to a court because, I mean, you did commit a crime. So one of the first things that you would do, you would get ready for your court date. So that may mean getting a lawyer. That may mean dressing a certain way. You wouldn't go to court in pajamas and expect the judge to take you seriously. You wouldn't go to court dressed in a prom dress when everyone else is dressed in a nice suit and tie, right? So you assimilate, you, you, uh, yes, you assimilate into the current culture that the court system already has. Because if you come in there, you know, looking crazy or you come in there and not fit or dressed appropriate, that judge has every right to put you out. And so it's the same thing with prayer. We have to make sure that when we come before the Father in prayer, that we are coming in right position, that we are coming in right standing. And I'm not saying that you can't take time to pray in your pajamas. I'm not being that uh, strict or, or legalistic. You know, what I'm saying is that cult prayer, the Father has designed prayer to be a certain way. And as ambassadors, we learn that and apply it. It's the same thing as if we were going to court. Okay, so let's get that slide right back up. All right, and so the courtroom is the focal point of courthouse activity and provides impartial setting for conducting legal proceedings. All right, so for the most part, the courtroom is where, the, where, is where the decisions are made. 
right? So in the same thing, when we're praying, when we're when we're coming before the Father, when we're praying his will, that's when he hears, well, I won't say that's when he hears us, but when he hears his word, he responds, okay? And so another thing that I, another thing that I wanted to bring up is that there are different types of courts. There is a civil court, there are um, criminal court, uh, torts, family, family courts, and all these things, though they may take place in a courtroom, they have different laws that apply to them. So a trial for a criminal court may be one thing or a trial for a family court may have a different set of laws. And so those lawyers, when you go to court, you, you acclimate yourself to the laws like, yes, you may have a lawyer, but your lawyer is interceding for you. Your lawyer is, is going to be the one that's going to go in and find subsection ABC, whatever it may be, and present that to the judge and, and, and defend you. And it's the same thing that when we pray the word, see, the scripture tells us that Yeshua is in a seed, is interceding on our behalf. And I believe I have that scripture up. Uh, and then we'll go right back to it. But I want to, um, yeah, we'll go ahead and read this. So our scripture reference is Romanium called Romans by the translators. Who then will condemn us? No one. For Yeshua died for us and was raised to life for us. And he is sitting in the place of honor at El's right hand pleading for us. So one thing that when it comes to prayer, even if we're still in this same courthouse analogy, is that we we can't skip Yeshua. You know, there's so many ideas and teachings around here that, well, I'm just going to pray to the Father. The Father's going to bless me. The Father's going to do this. And yes, he is very capable of doing those things, but we can't skip Yeshua. Yeshua gave us the access to even get to the Father. So when we're praying, that's why we pray in the authority of Yeshua, not his name, but I'm not going to go, not going to go that far. Uh, well, I'm going to stay on topic. That's what I should, that's a better choice of words. But we are, Yeshua is interceding on our behalf. But again, we got to make sure that we are applying those, applying those laws coming coming before the father in prayer in the right position like i said we don't go to the courthouse in just pajamas we don't go to the courthouse in a prom dress and expect the judge to take us seriously but another thing that i wanted to make sure that we address is that you know we talk a lot about this courthouse analogy and we use the example of being a criminal and, and I'm not taking away from that example, but I want to add to that, is that we have to open our thinking when it comes to prayer, because sometimes, yes, we go to, criminals go to court, yes, they do, but there may be other reasons that you have to go to court. You may go to court, go to a courthouse because you want to get married. That's another set of laws, another set of rules that need to be applied for that judge to be taking you, to take you seriously, to take you seriously. You know, when you uh, go to the courthouse to get married, you got to fill out some paperwork. Again, there's things that you have to abide by so you can get access to that judge and so that he can accommodate your request. Or you may need some document. You may be trying to purchase a piece of land and you may need a judge to overturn it. So once again, going back to that courthouse analogy, we have to definitely open our thinking and understand that we don't go to prayer, go in prayer just because we want to think. And I'm not saying don't do that. Yes, because that was the first message that Yeshua taught is to uh, repent for the kingdom of heaven is now. But prayer is so essential and it covers every area of our, of our lives. But we got to make sure that we are open into um, in, in applying those laws and making sure that our attitude, the attitude that we have will allow us to be open to hear and receive from the Father. But we even have this attitude of knowing that I need to go before the Father in prayer. I need to hear the Father. Okay. 
And so since we dug into that analogy, I want to go ahead and get back into, like I said, attitude. And I know I've been talking about a courtroom and it's like, how does that apply to attitude? But the thing is, once we receive kingdom knowledge and we get understanding the Holy Spirit, the Holy Spirit is the one who illuminates the word to us and gives us the understanding. So when we uh, when we have the correct understanding and it's in our belief system and it's changing the way that we think, our attitudes are going to change. So let's get back into what should our attitudes be when we pray. We talked about having a submissive attitude. We talked about being focused. Um, so next I want to go into how should our attitude be about prayer. We should be open to hear. And so many times um, we go before the Father so full. We go before the Father, you know, we have this big long list of things that we want the Father to do for us. And and I'm not saying that I'm not I'm not saying that it's not wrong to petition the kingdom of heaven for certain things. We definitely should, but we need to be open to hear. We need to be open to hear and receive because if we go before the Father full, we go before him not even open to hearing the Holy Spirit or hearing what the Father has to say to us, we automatically cut him off. You know, I think about um, our scripture reference here is Yahshua. And if you read the, uh, read the book of um, Yahshua, you know, he built the wall and it was just a lot of things coming at him. But one thing is that uh, our scripture reference here is that Yahshua told the people, consecrate yourselves for tomorrow. The Lord will do amazing things among you. And as I was sitting here thinking about this one day, I was like, why? Because several times he told him to told the people to consecrate themselves. I'm like, why does he keep saying that? And so just thinking about it, spending time with it, see, they had to empty themselves so that the father could do amazing things. And even in their thought process, in their minds, their minds had to be open. You know, one thing is that scripture tells us that he would do exceedingly abundantly above all that we can think or imagine. But many times our mindsets will limit that to just physical things. He would do exceedingly abundantly above, exceedingly and abundantly above all that we can imagine in our mindsets. But we have to even be open to hearing. You know, we can't go before the Father with this I know it all attitude. I know I, many times we go before the Father and we're asking Him to do something, but we've already made up in our minds what we want Him to do. But it's like, okay, Father, Father, just validate this. And that may be an area that he totally doesn't want you to go in, but it also he could have something that's so much better for you. And so we definitely have to go into, go before him with an open mind, not these preconceived ideas of what we think he should do. He created us, not the other way around. And we need to get that in our belief system. So again, that goes back to having a submissive attitude in prayer, you know, many times, well, let me not get ahead because that will tie into our next point. Okay, so our next point, be open to hear, be dependent, don't have an independent mindset. That is a trick of the old serpent. So I want to take a minute to deal with this because we have been taught at a very young age, you know, you teach your child to be independent so they don't need you or women should be independent. You shouldn't have to depend on your husband. Well, there is no scripture that I have read that says we need to be independent. You know, we depend on the Holy Spirit. See, we can't do, we can't live successful kingdom lives without being dependent on the Holy Spirit, without being dependent on the Father, without even praying. See, we're in prayer school and we're talking about praying according to his will and we're learning how to pray, but we can't even 
live, we can't even pray if we're not dependent on the Holy Spirit because scripture, te- scripture tells us, let me slow down, scripture tells us that we don't even know how we ought to pray. That's in Romans. I believe I have that on my slide. Let me pull that up. But we have to learn to be dependent on the Holy Spirit. We don't have to have this mindset that I got to do it all myself. That's a trick from the enemy. See, that goes back even to the beginning with uh, Masa Izanigad when they fell. See, they became independent. They were they weren't dependent on the Father. You know, they they were. Let me slow down. Yes, they were deceived. But they weren't dependent on the Holy, they weren't dependent on the Father to lead them and guide them. They put themselves in a position to be independent and look what happened. They fell and that fall affected everybody that came after them. So we have to get that I got to be independent uh, idea out of our mindset. You know, many times and um, many times we being dependent or having a submissive attitude in the ways of the world is something that is often frowned upon but submission is so powerful don't don't fall for that trick that many times people say well you falling after that pastor you falling after this person you falling after that person you're not you're not thinking for yourself no I'm thinking for myself, but I'm also being mentored. I have a submissive attitude because submission is going to bring order. Submission is going to show you who you honor. And, and let's be completely honest about it. Let's talk about that because either way it go, we're submitting to something. You know, whether we are being influenced by the Holy Spirit, we, we're, we're, if, if we are influenced by the Holy Spirit and we are being obedient, we're being led, we're being submissive to him. But also you can be submissive to Satan. You know, either there is darkness and then there's light. Either you're going to be led by light or you're going to be led by darkness. And even you sure said that you are of your father, the devil. You know, you <laughs> let me let me bring it back. Uh, but what I'm trying to say is that we are always submitting to something and don't fall into that mindset that you got to be independent. You got to do everything on your own. That is a trick of the enemy. And when it comes to prayer, we, we can't even pray successfully. We can't pray according to the father's will if we're not dependent on him. So don't go before the father like you're independent because we're not made to be independent. We are made to depend on him. Okay. So that takes us to our um, next point. Let me keep going. Okay, so uh, how should our attitudes be about prayer? So we talked about being submissive. We talked about being focused, being open, you know, being dependent, but we also have to be humble. We can't go before the Father like, I did this. I You wouldn't even be here without him, you know, because scripture says he knit us together in our mother's womb. But my point in saying that, that is that if we get so prideful, we can get so prideful to the point that where we think that we've handled all these things in the earth. We think that we are handling our lives and we are controlling our lives. And we're so proudful for that. We're so proudful about that that we don't even take time to go before the Father and pray. Or we have this, or because we're so prideful and don't, well, let me let me stop saying we. Because people are so prideful and you know think that they can handle their lives and they can run their lives without the Father, they may have a lifestyle of prayer that's just kind of like a knee jerk or re- knee jerk reaction. I only pray when it's just something that 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 is out of their hands or something that they can't control right now. So the thing is that we have to make sure that we're not being prideful, that we come before the Father with a spirit of humility. So let's look at our scripture reference here. It says, "Pride comes." before being destroyed and the proud spirit comes before the fall 
So if we think about that, see, pride will destroy you. Pride will take you out of position. See, pride will take you. We talked about being submissive. Pride will take you out of that position to submitting your will to someone else, having a submissive attitude to serve the father. See, because, you know, one thing that is so powerful that, that we've been taught is that, you know, if we don't have a submissive attitude, we can't even live out our born again spirit. See, if we're not submissive, we can't even please the father, let alone uh, know what know what to pray to him, let, know, let alone know how to pray according to his will. So we have to make sure that we are uprooting all pride, you know, so that we don't set ourselves up for destruction. Okay. And our next scripture reference is my people who call by my name will humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways. Then I will hear from heaven and I will forgive them from their sins and heal the land. See, again, the father is telling us that he will forgive, like he would forgive these people if they would just humble themselves and go before him, go before them. The same applies to us now that even, um, yes, you are born again and you're living and you're living you, you are, let's, let's just say that you are born again, but still we have to make sure that our attitudes are humble, that we are, are humbly approaching the father um, when we pray. Because the thing is, is that prayer is a lifestyle. See, our prayers aren't even heard if we are, um, if we're not living according to his will, if we are living in, dis living in rebellion. You know, like one thing scripture tells us that if you are offended at your brother to leave your gifts before you pay your tithe, return your tithes. And so one thing is that we have to realize is that prayer doesn't just start oh, with going in your prayer closet and taking time to pray. Prayer starts with your lifestyle. You are living out the Father's will according to your life, according to his will. And that puts you in position to even pray, to pray effectively, okay? And so the next thing about, as we talk about how our attitude should be, we should understand that prayer is fellowship with the Father. The Father wants to, wants to spend time with us. He wants us to be in his presence. You know, just think about it in the most natural sense. Like if you have children, it's exciting when your children want to spend time with you. It's exciting when your children aren't just asking you for things of mommy, daddy, I want this, I want that, when they just want to hug you. So the father wants us to come before him and have that fellowship with him. All right. So we've talked a whole lot about attitudes and how our attitude should be when it comes to prayer. So let's talk about a few people in scripture and see what their attitudes were like. Okay. So this first one, we're going to talk about Adam. Okay, so when the woman saw the fruit of the tree was good for food and pleasing to the eye and also desirable for gaining knowledge, she took some and ate it. She also gave some to her husband who was with her and he ate it. Then both their eyes were open and they realized they were naked. Okay, so I want to stop right there. So one thing that I want to deal with particularly is Adam's, Adam's attitude. So if he would have had this attitude that was focused on the father, you know, scripture tells us to keep our things on mind of a, uh, keep our minds on things of above. See, one thing about Hava and Mati, um, Adam and Hava is that they were in an open heaven. And so they had everything they needed right there. So Adam was, Adam was charged with truancy because if you, if you read on the father, when he addressed them, he called Adam first. And so one thing that we have to one thing that we can see right here is that Adam he took his focus off the father you know he did he wasn't dependent on the father he didn't have this attitude of being submissive and open to hear see he saw that fruit that and it wasn't it wasn't an actual fruit I have to say it was not fruit but he saw that 
and he took in, he took that from his wife. See, his attitude caused him to cause them to fall. See, our attitude will, will cause us to succeed, but it will also cause us to fall. And so we got to make sure that we're also always filtering our attitude, cleaning our attitude to make sure that we are staying in position, right? And so I also want to go on to, we're going to talk about a couple people's attitude and I'm running low on time. So we'll, I want to make sure I finish this off. Okay. Um, so next we have Adam, I mean, Noah's attitude. And every time I go back and read about Noah, I study Noah, the father reveals something else to me. And, and, it, and it's just so amazing. But this time, you know, if you, if you're familiar with the story about Noah, uh, I won't go into too much detail about it, but after the father had commanded Noah everything that he was going to do and how he was supposed to do it, and one thing I was, I was reading it this weekend is that at, at Noah, let me get that right, had seven days before the flood came, and so I was like, man, as I was thinking about that, Noah's attitude had to be in the right position, and so our scripture reference right here is uh, Bear Sheet 622 is he said, uh, and Noah did according to Elohim had commanded him. So, um, so I can see. Uh, and so he did. Noah didn't ask a bunch of questions. Noah didn't say, Father, are you sure I need to get snakes? Are you sure I need to do this? Is, do I, can I have an extension? Can I have more than seven days? He followed through with what the father said. And he saved his family. He's not only his family, but he saved a generation. And if you look at that, the father put a covenant in place with Adam. And I think about that and I'm like, how would my attitude have been? You know, as ambassadors, we got to be honest with ourselves. What type of attitude would I have had if the father asked me to do that? That's why we have to also make sure that we are always cleaning out our attitude, cleaning out our belief system because the th and, and checking what we take into our belief system. Because the thing is, is that we are always meditating on something. Our spirit doesn't miss anything. We're always, always meditating on something. And the, re and the reality is we may not always be meditating on the word. We may be meditating what we saw on social media or maybe meditating on what we watched on TV last night. And so as I think about Adam, his, I mean, Noah, keep getting it wrong, Noah, his attitude, he, he did it with the father commanded. That was it. The father told him to do it and he did it. You know, so we definitely want to make sure his just his attitude that he had for the father, how he approached the father, how he, his obedience, his dedication, his commitment to the father. And what happened from that? You know, we have the rainbow now because to be, because we have that rainbow now. And if you read scripture, it says that he, the father is reminded of the covenant that we made. We still see the fruit, the evidence of Noah's obedience, right? So it's so important to make sure that we are checking our attitude, okay? And so we are, uh, I'm going to hit this last point and then I will be all wrapped up. Um, Moses, you know, his, at Moshe, I should say, his attitude. So we'll read a little bit of this. Um, Elohim said to Moses, take the staff and you and your brother Aaron gather the assembly together, speak to the rock before their eyes and they will pour out its water. You will bring out the water of the rock for the community so that they and their livestock can drink. And Moshe took the staff from, from Elohim's presence just as he commanded. And he and Aaron gathered the assembly together in front of the rock and, Mo and Moshe said to them, listen, you rebels, <laughs> Mo he was mad at these folks, <laughs> um, you, yeah, you rebels must bring 
water out of the rock. Then Moshe raised his hand and struck the rock twice with his staff. Water gushed out and the community and their livestock drank. But Elohim said to Moshe and Aaron, because you did not trust me uh, enough to honor me as holy in the sight of the Israelites, you cannot bring this into the land that I've chosen to give them. So and there's a lot in this, but what I really want to focus on is just Moshe's attitude. You know, we the thing about attitude is that it's not just, oh, I wake up in the morning, I'm going to have a good attitude. See, we got to have that attitude checking it all day, every day, all the time, because the, the enemy don't take a break from coming at us. I mean, he may go away for a season and come back, but and when he comes back, he's coming back harder. He doesn't take a break. So we got to make sure that we're always filtering, always making sure that we're keeping ourselves in position, keeping our attitudes in check so that, you know, we don't miss out on the fathers, but miss out on what the father has uh, promised to give us as long as we are operating in obedience. But also that when we go before the father in his presence, that we can pray according to his will, that even, you know, that. If something comes up because we've been working on our attitude, it's like, okay, let me stop. Let me take a minute to pray. Let me take a minute to get myself in check, okay? And one more point, and we'll finish it up, is Yeshua. What was Yeshua's attitude? You know, as I, the more I learn and the more I study about Yeshua, you know, he, he went through a lot. It wasn't this idea that people have created that he was just this soft, gentle, and so loving, and, and you know, he was just so kind to so, to so many people. You're sure he was 100% man, I'll put it like that. He was 100% man, and he wasn't just taking stuff from people. You know, he wasn't just, oh, just this pushover guy that, and maybe your Jesus is that pushover guy that y'all want, but you sure wasn't like that. You sure his dedication, he was willing, he was so focused on the father, you know, his attitude, and I'm not going to read this, I'll sum it up, but Yeshua was tempted by the old serpent, the devil, after he had just got done fasting, and you know, he was hungry, scripture said he was hungry, yes, he was hungry, but some, some of us, if we go two hours without eating, like, we, we ready to fight, we're hungry, we have such this bad attitude, but even then, even after fasting for 40 days and being tempted by the old serpent, Yeshua was still, his attitude was still in a spot to be committed to the father. His attitude was still in a spot to be obedient and submissive. He didn't let, you know, what was going on in the natural deter him. He didn't let what was going on in the natural get him out of character because of the attitude that he had, because he was submitted to the father, because he, his food, he said it before that his food was to live out the will of the father and complete it. You know, it wasn't, if we look at that scripture, it wasn't just this one side, okay, I'm gonna do the will of the father, but I'm not gonna, I'm not going to complete it. See, he had to be focused to the end. And that's the same thing that we have to do with our attitudes. We have to make sure that our attitudes are aligned with the father, that our attitudes that we are constantly focused and dependent on the father and submitting to him. And, and, and just real quick, you know, because of Adam's attitude, Adam's attitude in the fall it affected everybody that came after him and Yeshua had to come in earth he was the last Adam and because of Yeshua's attitude and because his obedience you know we were able to be put back in dominion we are able to be put back in that righteous position so that we can petition the kingdom of heaven so that we can live out lives at, as overcoming believers that we can live lives that are pleasing to the father Okay, so let, I'm going to settle down, and um, that's all I have for today. Um, I hope you enjoyed uh, 
this teaching, be sure to like and share. Uh, also, I want to remind you guys that if you want to join us for, for corporate prayer, if you look at the uh, banner at the bottom of our screen, that will give you information on how to submit a prayer request, or you can also contact us to find out how to join us for corporate prayer. And we speak Shalom. Empowerment of Faith Kingdom Center for Ambassadors is excited to announce our prayer school. Join us every Tuesday night at 7 p.m. Central for a power-packed teaching on prayer followed by corporate prayer. Our school will teach keys and principles of prayer that will strengthen and improve your personal prayer life. We will stream on Facebook, Instagram, and YouTube. If you'd like to join us for prayer school or submit a prayer request, email us at eofkcprayer at gmail.com or text us at 901-206-3220. We hope you'll join us.